This is The Guardian. I'm Laura Murphy-Oates, coming to you from Gadigal Land, and this is The Full Story. On Monday, the Queensland government announced it will implement laws which make breaches of bail a criminal offence for children. The government will be adopting breach of bail. Early intervention and prevention, of course, is a key, but there are this small segment of um, repeat offenders that this legislation is targeted for. This policy requires the government to override its own Human Rights Act and comes after months of government ministers publicly opposing it, arguing it would be ineffective. That proposal doesn't make sense, doesn't work. You know, when it was around, um, didn't have any impact on reducing offending. Advocates have called this about-face disgusting and say it will lead to a human rights emergency in the state's already overcrowded youth detention system. Today, why is the Queensland government pushing to lock up more children? It's Thursday, the 23rd of February. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Ben, Queensland is in the middle of yet another crackdown on youth crime. What is fueling this right now? The perception that there's a youth crime crisis. Ben Smee is Queensland state correspondent for Guardian Australia. Has really been fueled by several very, very high profile incidents involving teenagers. Queensland's youth justice system is again in question tonight. After the Including the stabbing death of Brisbane woman Emma Lovell in December. Allegedly committed by two 17-year-olds. And just last week, a Toowoomba man who was the victim of an attempted robbery died in hospital. It's the fourth death in three months, allegedly at the hands of children. After a week fighting for life... These incidents have kind of heightened what has already been a really fraught debate and coverage of youth crime in Queensland has really been amplified by media reporting, and that's particularly so in places like Toowoomba, Townsville, Cairns, regional cities. So what that has ultimately led to is some pretty extreme and vitriolic responses in some forums, particularly places like community Facebook groups. So recently, a number of children who were living in a Queensland residential care home that was close to um, a, a quite high-profile crime incident were subject to death threats on social media, including calls for neighbours to storm the house and hang whoever was inside. Now, that was after media reports had incorrectly claimed the premises was a halfway house for young criminals. 
It's also led to calls for changes to the law. A petition calling for violent home invaders who have repeatedly offended or used weapons not to be allowed out on bail has amassed more than 150,000 signatures. So off the back of all of this, we saw the government announce late last year that it was going to toughen some of the laws related to youth offenders, which meant that children could face up to 10 years in prison for car theft, for instance. But we've also seen the LNP opposition and some anti-crime campaigners calling very specifically for tougher bail laws. We've got a generation of young repeat offenders who know that their rights outweigh the rights of the victim. They are ripping the heart and soul out of a beautiful state. And the community has said enough's enough. So the Queensland government have already bowed to pressure in recent months and cracked down on youth offenders. What was their position on bail reform specifically? So under the last LNP government, the Campbell-Newman government, it was an offence for a young person to commit an offence while out on bail. And for a whole heap of reasons, that was a pretty ineffective law. Labor repealed that when it first came to office, and it's repeatedly ruled out reintroducing breach of bail as a criminal offence, arguing it wouldn't be effective. And over the past year, everyone from the police minister to the Queensland Attorney General have said this idea wouldn't work. And look, I know that the LNP are calling for a return to the offence of breach of bail, but I want to be very clear, that offence did not work when it was in place. Senior government sources have told me as recently as last week that such a move would not occur. But then on Monday... The Premier, Anastasia Palaszczuk, walked out of a cabinet meeting and told reporters the government had listened Listened to to the the community community and we've responded. And would introduce a new offence in the Youth Justice Act. There are this small segment of um, repeat offenders that this legislation is targeted for. Can you break down what this new offence actually is? is and how it will work within the Queensland youth justice system. So now police will be able to arrest young people for technical breaches of their bail. Currently, police don't have the powers to arrest or then to charge a young person simply for a breach of bail. They only really do have the power of arrest if a young person is committing or suspected of committing an offence. So a condition of their bail might be something like they need to be at a certain address at a certain time of night. So advocates have told me that many children commit technical breaches of bail by wandering the streets at night, but really because conditions force them to live in unsafe places. Now police can arrest and charge them for those types of technical breaches. They're not crimes in and of themselves. And essentially this gives police an arrest trigger for bailed young offenders on the streets, and it means they can pick up kids en masse. You can imagine how this speaks to some of the concerns of the community, that the police can go and pick up people who they know are young offenders for whatever reason, really. Is that broadly how we imagine these rules would work, Ben? Well, police have already been running what they term high visibility operations in really targeted locations in places like Townsville, Cairns and Mount Isa. Now, the concern is that these laws may be used as a trigger to actually pick up these kids and remove them from the streets rather than actually arrest them for anything that's an offence or or anything that really should land a young person in detention. Mm. So we're also entrusting the operation of these laws to a police service that just last year, late last year, we had an inquiry into cultural issues that found widespread instances of racism and problematic attitudes in the ranks. So There are obviously a lot of concerns that spring from how these new bail laws will actually be implemented in practice. 
So there are concerns about how the police will use these expanded powers. What else are experts and advocates concerned about? What What is their general reaction to this reform? We've spoken to a lot of criminologists, experts, advocates for young people, and we really can't find anyone who actually says that these things will be effective in reducing youth crime. Mm. I mean, all of the evidence shows that the best way to reduce recidivism is to divert kids away from the justice system rather than funneling them into circumstances where they might be exposed to criminal behaviours or people who have been seriously criminalised. Debbie Kilroy, who's the chief executive of Sisters Inside, called the government's policy disgusting and said that it's going to explode the numbers of children currently held in watch houses and in youth prisons. We also know that Labor will need to override its own Human Rights Act in order to pass the laws. So uh, overall, this is a move that advocates say will cause a human rights emergency in what is an already buckling youth detention system. Can you break that down for me? What are the conditions like in Queensland youth detention right now and how will this reform kind of impact that? I think the first thing you need to know is that Queensland a couple of years ago introduced very tough bail policies for children that resulted in a large number of them being held on remand rather than given bail. Those policies have caused the population of young prisoners who are mostly First Nations children to swell. Now, most of these kids haven't committed a crime. 80% of the kids in youth detention are on remand and about two-thirds of those will never be found guilty. So, We're holding kids before they've been convicted, before they've had their day in court, and in many instances where they're not ultimately going to be found guilty or found guilty of anything that carries a prison sentence at the end of the day. So the result of these policies is that our youth detention centres are full and there are about 80 children being currently held in adult watch houses, these are police holding cells, and in some cases for more than four weeks. Conditions in watch houses include kids being exposed to adult detainees, a lack of appropriate facilities for girls, a lack of access to showers or clean clothes, and young people sleeping on yoga mats in shower stalls. A report by the Queensland Family and Child Commission last November found that Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander children had been imprisoned in Queensland watch houses for up to 35 days. He talked about the experience of one teenage boy who said he was forced to sleep on a block with no cushions or proper bedding. People who are familiar with these sorts of conditions believe the system is at breaking point, that children are being kept in circumstances that are clearly not suitable for them, that are in breach of their human rights. And the sad thing is we've been here before. There's an element of deja vu to this moment. Next, the vote-chasing politics of locking kids up. Tired of ads barging into your favourite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. 
That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy to assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Ben, before the break, you said that we have seen a similar crisis in Queensland youth detention before. Can you break that down for me? Yeah, so in 2018, Guardian Australia was reporting about concerns about children being held in watch houses for extended periods due to overcrowded detention centres in Queensland. The ABC's Four Corners program revealed that children as young as 10 had been housed in police custody alongside maximum security offenders. Tonight on Four Corners, we go behind the cell doors of Queensland's watch houses to investigate what insiders tell us are serious breaches of international law. That program prompted fairly significant reform by the Queensland government and its approach was praised at the time by human rights groups. It established a separate department for youth justice and announced initiatives to keep children out of detention and watch houses. A big part of these reforms was focused on bail. The new youth justice strategy said that bail conditions should not place unrealistic expectations on children in light of their circumstances and that everything should be done to the greatest extent possible to keep children in the community instead of remanded in custody. But in the lead up, to a state election in 2020, we saw an about-face. The government announced a new hard line on youth crime. If you commit serious crime, you will do the time. So don't offend because there are going to be drastic consequences. And that approach aimed to place more children in detention. This was partly a response to vocal campaigning by local media in Townsville, where Labor seats were considered vulnerable at that state election. In its announcement, the government said it would be taking tougher action on bail, including seeking to keep more children on remand and a police blitz on bail to appeal court decisions. Was this pivot that happened in 2020 the beginning of the crisis that we now see in youth detention in Queensland? Yes, absolutely. So according to the Australian Institute of Health and Welfare, Queensland has the highest youth detention population in the country since September 2020. In November of last year, the police minister, Mark Ryan, said Queensland had changed course so dramatically that more children than ever were being held in state prisons and police cells. That is a reflection of what the community has asked for, but it is also a reflection of our strong laws. He said, it's a fact. That those tough new laws are leading to more young people in custody. Um, That is for the safety of the... And it's also a record that the government stands by. That is an incredible about face, Ben, as you say, going from a reform and a large review to almost being proud of their record here, it sounds like. Yeah. Five years ago, the Palaszczuk government was seeking to keep children out of detention and now it's celebrating locking more up. Ben, this pivot in 2020 by the Queensland government to punitive youth justice policies did prove popular. They won that election. And we also know that in other states and territories around Australia, these types of policies are often vote winners that are wheeled out before elections. Is this bail reform just vote chasing 
policy, pure and simple? Well, uh, under some intense grilling by reporters, Palaszczuk denied that reintroducing breach of bail as an offence for children was a populist decision and, and didn't really answer questions about whether the measure had been backed by experts. The well, government has yep. argued against it. Correct, but once again, uh, community safety is paramount. You'll see the legislation tomorrow and I'm very confident it'll work. But what we do know is that Queensland is holding another state election next year, the end of 2024, And this has been a huge political issue. It has been the sort of thing where we've almost had saturation coverage in Queensland, particularly in regional Mm. media outlets. We've had Labor facing a situation where every single one of those stories is accompanied by a comment from the LNP saying Labor needs to reintroduce breach of bail. And what senior Labor sources have told me is that this has been sold within the party as a necessary political move in order to neutralise the traction that the LNP has been getting and the way that this issue has basically spiralled out of control from a government media management point of view. So Palaszczuk also made a point at her press conference of saying that what she was doing was in the spirit of bipartisanship. And so if you read between the lines there, what she's actually saying and what MPs expect to happen is that next year, if and when the LNP attempts to make youth crime an issue at the state election, Labor can basically turn around and say, well, we did what you wanted us to do. It's kind of a a vote neutralisation tactic as much as it is a policy that is really expected to actually work. How does this sit within the broader Queensland Labor Party, the idea of funneling kids into the justice system to score political points in some way. So one of the keys to Queensland Labor's successful strategy over the past few years has been its ability to be all things to all people. So we, we've seen a little bit of that with their climate policies. They've been pro-coal mining, pro-burning coal, pro-gas, pro-climate action, pro-renewables. Mm. They've tried to be everything. And to some extent, that's what they're trying to do here with youth justice. So Absolutely. The bail reforms are a policy that they acknowledge didn't and wouldn't work. But at the same time, they're being wrapped up with messaging that I think is designed to bring some of the jittery members of the Labor left and maybe some progressive voters along for the right as well. So what Labor are doing alongside introducing these new changes to the bail laws is they are making a fairly significant new investment in things like rehabilitation programs and intensive intervention for young offenders. Now, that's not something that I think a lot of experts are buying, but certainly was part of the way that the government sold these changes this week. All of this is happening against the backdrop of more and more states and territories signing up to raise the age of criminal responsibility or looking into raising the age of criminal responsibility. Are we seeing a bit of a contradictory response here where as a country we're we're moving towards keeping kids out of jail, but states and territories just continually implement laws that funnel kids into it? The Queensland government continues to use this term community expectations. It's doing what the community wants. Yet what we know from experts is that what they want, this idea of tough justice and retribution and more punitive punishments and deterrence for kids, those things don't actually work in the long term to reduce crime. And so down the track, what we're seeing is those problems in the community 
actually increase and we're seeing concerns increase. But what we don't have is a government that's willing to say what we're doing isn't working. We need to do something different. We're simply ramping up continually in an attempt to meet that public sentiment rather than trying to break the cycle, not just the cycle of crime, but the political cycle that leads us to where we are. When we don't have that leadership from state and territory governments in such an important area as youth justice, what is the cost? There's a cost for people who are victims of crime because we haven't dealt with the underlying circumstances and crime continues. There's a fundamental cost for kids here too and kids who are caught in the system because we are setting them up to fail. That was Ben Smee, our Queensland State correspondent. You can read more from him and our Queensland State reporter Eden Gillespie at theguardian.com, including Ben's piece, Queensland's draconian approach to youth justice sets kids up to fail. And Eden on Queensland to override state's Human Rights Act in bid to make breach of bail an offence for children. This episode was produced by Miles Herbert and Camille Hannon, who also did the sound design and mixing. Our theme music was produced by Joe Koning. The executive producers of this episode are Molly Glassie and me, Laura Mephiotes. Okay, catch you tomorrow. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.